This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Um, I want you just for a second this morning just to think about this perfect image, either today or even in your past, of what a perfect Christmas scene looks like. So for my kids, they're already happy because we got three and a half feet of snow outside that we all had to shovel in the last two days. So they're all, they're, their prayers have been answered because they have a white Christmas. Um, but I want you to think about a memory, a moment that you can think of. Maybe it was growing up. Maybe it was in your own home. Maybe it was in an extended family's home. Maybe it was a, uh, I don't know, it could be anything. But I want you to think about it for a second. Think about why that picture in your mind is so significant. Think about what kind of feelings that brings to you. Well, for me, um, there was something that I always remember. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of things I remember, but there's one thing that sticks out in my mind as far as Christmas is concerned, and it was heading to my grandparents' house, my mom's parents, uh, on Roslyn Road in Oshawa, Ontario, uh, every year, usually it was through the Christmas holiday, sometimes Christmas Eve, but it was always uh, at least one appearance over at their house. And they had this incredibly perfect house for not only hosting, but it was just romantic. It was, it was amazing. When you come in the door, as soon as you came in the door to the left, there's this old stone fireplace and, and a sunken living room, two steps down, which as kids we all knew because most of us fell down them at least one point in our lives. And this beautiful dining room uh, setup that literally overlooked the sunken family room. And my grandparents, my grandmother in particular, always went all out. So whenever we'd come in the door, first thing you could, you could tell right away was all the decorations, all the lights, and then the smell of what was being cooked in the kitchen. Uh, it just drew you in. But there was a moment that just kind of solidified everything for me. And if you understood my family growing up, you would know that everything was just right when you'd see Grandpa sitting on his old rocker, rocking away. I remember one of the biggest moments that I had that, that really kind of struck a chord in me after my grandfather had passed away was coming over to their house after he had died and looking at his chair and thinking to myself, he will never be in that chair ever again. And I, I remember it bothered me. And one of the greatest blessings that we had as, as our families, we actually got his chair. And it was one of the most amazing moments so that I get to sit in Grandpa's chair and, and rock away and rock away. But for me, that was just such a significant memory in my life. It just, it literally is something that I'll never, ever forget. When I think about it, that whole scene and that whole picture brings me peace. For some of us, we're longing for peace. Here's the one thought I've been thinking this week, is what happens if something that's not expected or unexpected happens at Christmas? Does that cause us to lose our peace? I remember the first moment I walked into that next Christmas and Grandpa was not there. Grandpa was not on that chair. It bothered me. Something didn't sit right with me at all. And so as I've thought about that whole concept, what in the world brings peace? What, what is it that brings calm? What is it that brings serenity? And 
And I've been processing through this thought for the last couple of months just in my own life. And I just want to give a couple of differences about some of the definitions that are out there. The world would say, even in the English dictionary would say, that peace conjures up a passive picture, one showing an absence of civil disturbance or hostility, one that is free from internal or external strife. We hear that, we go, yeah, I want a little bit of that. How many would want that? Amen? But the biblical definition goes much further. And I want to read to you this morning the biblical definition of peace. Interestingly enough, it actually comes from the Hebrew word shalom, which is actually a greeting uh, in the Jewish culture. And I'm going to explain that a little bit at the end. But the word shalom literally means to be complete, to be whole, to be sound, to be of sound mind, to have nothing missing, nothing broken. How many want that this Christmas? Amen? Interestingly enough, the whenever the writers and even biblical historians have kind of categorized this word shalom, they keep categorizing it according to four different themes or thoughts. The first one is wholeness of life or body. The second one is right relationships or harmony in your relationships. The third one is a sense of success, fulfillment, or prosperity. And the fourth one is victory over your enemies or absence of strife. How many know that strife is usually one of the quickest things the first things that eliminates peace in your life. Come on. Anyone out there? All three of you. That's so encouraging. So the rest of you, I'm going to be reading your book because I haven't got it yet. All right? How many know that strife comes? How many know it robs us of the very peace that God wants to bring? And I think what's so hard, I've had a number of conversations in the last couple of weeks with a number of people that are actually stressed about Christmas because of strife, because of different things that are going on in your life. And I want to say this morning that I'm on a journey myself to learn this whole concept in a whole nother way. And you know what I've been learning? That peace is not a perspective. Peace is a person. Sometimes we're longing for this perspective or this purpose that will bring us peace or this, this circumstantial change that will bring us peace. And you know what I've realized? It has nothing to do with that. That's happiness. But peace is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. One of the most famous verses that we read uh, any year at Christmas is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love the fact that he ended with that thought. Kickstarts everything else for us. In the Old Testament, there's a man by the name of Gideon who had a revelation of God as peace. And he actually described it in Judges chapter 6, verse 24. And it says, as a response, that Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. If you actually look up the original Hebrew, it means Jehovah, which is the Lord, shalom. Jehovah, shalom. The Lord is our completeness. The Lord is what makes us nothing missing, nothing broken, complete, soundness of mind in, any way, in every way possible. That is the peace that God wants us to understand today. He wants us to understand what it means to be complete and to be whole. How many want that this morning? 
Interestingly enough, it's the exact same revelation in the New Testament that a Gentile, a Roman centurion had of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 10, he says this, This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. One version says, who is Lord over all. Same message that Jesus proclaimed in John 16. It says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Can I say this morning that the peace in Jesus is the only thing that satisfies? It's it. There's nothing else. How do I know? I've tried a lot of other things. It doesn't bring peace. It doesn't bring answers. What it does is it brings a temporary uh, distraction in your life to get you to the next temporary distraction in your life, which gets you to the next temporary distraction in your life. And what most of us do, here's my social work background coming up, but what most of us do is we actually place coping mechanisms into our life to actually form a false sense of peace. And then we live in that false sense of peace until what? Until the next circumstantial change that's not good happens, and then we've got to find something to feed ourselves in order to say, everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be okay. But you know what I've learned? Everything can only be okay when Jesus is on the throne of your life. It's the only thing. It's it. There's no other answer. Listen, trust me, from a guy that tried and did a lot of other things, for a guy that struggled with depression, for a guy that at one point in my life struggled with suicidal thoughts and tendencies. I want to tell you this morning, there is no other answer but Jesus Christ. It's it. He is it. Peace is not a perspective. Peace is a person. Do you believe that this morning? There's just three basic little thoughts I want to just express to you this morning, and then I'm going to come into a close, and we're just going to pray, and then we're going to go home, and we're going to eat for the next five days. All right, so I'm just getting you warmed up and ready. Swiss Chalet is calling your name. Come on. You know, the, oh, the festive special. I'm, I'm serious. A Christian came up with that idea. That's all I got to say. That was a word from God for the festive special. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to share one, uh, three thoughts basically here this morning. Number one is this. The peace of Jesus leads to reconciliation. I don't know about you, but I'm enthralled by the news. I'm enthralled by everything that's going on right now. And there's a huge word that is being used constantly down in the U.S. for so many different reasons. Part of it's racial. Part of it's the whole connection to Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or whatever else stuff is going on down there. And they keep talking about this need for reconciliation. We need to reconcile. We need to reconcile. That was the whole issue in North Carolina. We need to reconcile. What else is going on in our world today? We need to reconcile. Think about it right now. You've got a relationship in your life right now, where you're sitting, that needs to be reconciled. And if you don't, I want to talk to you. Because I'm telling you right now, I want to learn from the ways of the force this morning from you. Because there's something that you've got that I can tell you most of us don't have. But Jesus, in his peace, leads to reconciliation. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, for he himself is our peace. The New Life Version says, we have peace be." Because of Christ. The tree of life version says, for he is our shalom. I love that. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down 
the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself the one new man from the two, thus making peace. How many know that when you're struggling in your relationship with somebody else that we often do really dumb things? How many have ever been in a situation, whether it's at a mall, maybe it's at Walmart, maybe it's somewhere in, the, somewhere in public, where you see somebody that you don't like or you got an issue with, and then the only thing you're thinking in that particular moment is how in the world can I hide so that they don't see me? Well, it happened to me once many, many years ago, and I was at the Oshawa Center, and uh, embarrassed to say, you know, back, those are, that's back in the day when the Oshawa Center was dark and gloomy. Now it supposedly is nice. I've been there in years, so I wouldn't know. But I remember walking down the mall, and I saw right in front of me, about 50 feet in front of me, this person that I, had, I didn't want anything to do with. And the only thing that could absolutely go through my mind in that instant second was, I am going to jump into the closest store that I'm, that I'm closest to in order for them not to see me. The only problem was is I jumped into La Senza. And at the time, I was single. I was in my late teens, and that's, I mean, that's looking desperate, if that's all I got to say. And honestly, in that moment, I just felt like the Lord laughing from heaven. Like, yeah, this is what happens when you don't deal with your issues, Cameron. You embarrass yourself. Totally. Can I say the peace, the peace of Jesus leads to reconciliation. If there's one thing I'm believing for over these next number of months in my life and things that I'm going through is that I experience that in a very profound way. Not just a temporary change, not just something that's nice, white, and fluffy, but I want something so incredibly uh, permanent and long-lasting. Do you believe that this morning? Martin Luther said this. I love this quote. He says, I've held many things in my hands and have lost them all, but whatever I've placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Sometimes we need to let go of the control of the situation and trust God with what he's doing. Amen? The second thing is this. The peace of Jesus changes difficult circumstances. Philippians chapter 4, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The NLT version says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts. His peace will guard your hearts. Circumstantial change can't guard your heart. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. The message Bible, which I love, I wouldn't necessarily preach from it all the time, but I love it for some of the little nuggets of truth. But it says this, Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, shalom, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I'm going to say amen to that one. That's awesome. The third thing is this. The peace of Jesus keeps relationships strong. Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. The Message Bible says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. I love that. In step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. That kind of peace that can keep your relationships healthy. Shalom, as I said just at the beginning, it's a greeting. It was something that 
uh, any Jewish person still to this day would do. When they meet you for the first time, they would say shalom. When they're leaving you and saying farewell, they would say shalom. That's what they would do. That is normal. It's considered, uh, not only is it considered just a part of everyday life, but it's also part of their religious traditions. I want you to look at Jesus' greeting. After he rose from the dead, Jesus' greeting was this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked with the disciples were, uh, uh, sorry, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. But he didn't end there. His farewell to us, even though he said it earlier in his ministry, but this is his farewell. John 14, it says, Peace is what I leave with you. It's not my own, it is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. For do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. I believe God wants to kind of capture this whole theme and this whole idea into one verse, into one thought for us this morning. And it's simply this. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10. It says, though the mountains be shaken. It says, no matter what circumstances you're facing this morning, no matter what circumstances you're going to be facing in 2018, No matter what hills will be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. How many want that this morning? Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.